start with how your awakening happened when how that process was for you and when it started to unfold yeah well i'd um i'd been through one spiritual awakening in the early 90s which was it had its challenges but it was mostly magical really uh you know i'd learned about parking angels uh in the early 90s and i thought that's incredible that angels would be interested in car parking spaces yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why would they be interested? But hey, they, they were interested. And um, I remember meeting this crystal healer that told me, you create your reality. A lot of channels were talking about this. And when I heard about it, I thought, that sounds amazing. And I just couldn't get my head completely around it. It took me a long time to understand it. I tried listening to channels, and, but I experimented. And in the experimentations, it started to work. So something in me deeper knew that there was that it was true, but my mind was struggling because I grew up in this 3D matrix and, you know, that, that logic is the way the world works and cause and effect and all that lot. So I had this kind of magical journey through the 90s and then came across this organization, a spiritual organization called Alternatives in 2000. Um, well, I met them in the early 90s, but I became a volunteer in the mid-90s and then a director by 2000. So by the year 2000, I'd had this journey. It was magical. I'd, uh, I'd met my second long-term partner. Uh, my, my first wife, I kind of divorced. She wasn't really happy with my journey. So we separated. So I, was, so I, I, I ended the journey feeling, well, I've arrived. I've had this awakening. I'm kind of immersing myself in spirituality, long-term second partner, a director of this spiritual company. I'm doing retreats and, and writing some books. And so everything's fine. You know, everything's good. But then probably around 2007, eight, I started to feel a tension, a kind of frustration, something's not right. But I kind of pushed it away, feeling, well, if only I could kind of reschedule if only I can reallocate my work if only I can, can do some nicer stuff with my partner everything will be fine you know and um, it wasn't fine the tension was increasing inside of me and in 2009 that tension broke out in physical health back issues I had a very severe tooth uh, problem that lasted for a few months of I don't like taking pain killers and all that so I tried working on it alternatively and uh, three months of that and these were the signs that something was up you know this tension this stuff in my body there was a kind of heaviness and and then finally there was a kind of cracking basically what was happening I feel was that my that the soul was impulsing me shift and get out and something new is waiting for you but you know by this time I I realize really is now that it's it's easier to change something that you absolutely hate you know I was doing work and I was in a marriage that wasn't working so that the impulse was get out okay I'm going to follow it because this is too hard but I was in I was doing something I actually liked and loved and with somebody that I, that I loved and um, so I was resisting going no I don't want to just change why should I let go of all this and that caused a tremendous resistance in me so there was this kind of ego higher self battle going on inside of me really and I wasn't quite aware of it because I thought, surely they wouldn't want me to leave this amazing. This is it. You know, I've arrived. And anyway, my life imploded. Uh, I resigned from Alternatives, a spiritual organization. My, the long-term relationship imploded and we separated. And I went on this journey, which was very difficult. It was a six-year dark night of the soul, essentially, as I was trying to find my way again. And I, I, I encountered all kinds of dark 
stuff and n- dark nightmares and uh, my energy field was going crazy. I was blowing up crystals and electrics and all kinds of stuff was going on. And really my path was very wobbly and I, I, I didn't feel anchored. I, wouldn't, I, I went to lots of healers. They didn't know what to do with me. Eventually I found one psychic surgeon who was kind of good and knew what she was doing. And then later I found another one. And then my path out was set. And so by 2016, so it's a long 2010 to 2016, I started to come out. And I remember coming out and and when I started to get this, because in that time, all my intuition and all my connection to source was gone. My higher self, there was no guidance anymore. So the very time I felt I needed it wasn't there. And then it started to click in again after six years. I'm like, oh, finally. And one of the first things I was told was, um, you're going to be teaching about ascension and starseeds. I remember waking up with this voice in my head. You're going to be teaching about Ascension Starseeds. And that wasn't good news for me particularly. You know, I wasn't feeling, oh, that's great. I was feeling actually, oh, no. You know, after all this, can't I have something simple? And um, they were quite adamant. And I remember thinking, well, the voice is there again. The, the connection is there again. Am I going to follow it? After six years of the dark night, I thought, I better follow this voice. So I, I signed up for I, I signed up to do a workshop, running a workshop on star. What do they call it? I think it was called the Starseed Revolution or something, back in 2016. And I remember on the day of the workshop, waking up, and my ego mind said to me, "You're not going to go through with this, are you?" I remember the voice. It was not my higher self saying, "You're not going to do this, are you?" And I did do it, and uh, that started the whole path of um, what I'm on now. It was a fast learning curve because actually I wasn't sure really I believed in starseeds. I'd heard the terms 2012, Ascension, starseeds, but to be honest, I didn't really believe any of it. I thought being at alternatives, hearing so many authors and speakers, and also to be honest, a lot of people I feel jumping on the spiritual bandwagon because it means you can make money and get out there, you know. So I was really not convinced. I was a bit skeptical. And it was only after this dark night that I realized that 2012 was a massive trigger point for me. I actually resigned alternatives on the winter solstice 2012 dramatically. This was my last evening there. And um, and then I was on this journey and really finding my way. So the two awakenings I had, the first one in the 90s was magical. I create my reality. There are angels and there are guides and there are supportive forces. And I can transform my ego, all of that. And then in 2010 onwards, the dark night of the soul, disconnection. Right, let's see how you handle this one. I didn't have the tools or resources. to. F- I'd never encountered anything like this. I'd read the book by Thomas More, who, uh, um, the author who wrote a very good book on Dark Knight of the Soul, but that even that didn't that didn't prepare me for what was to come. It was incredibly difficult, incredibly excruciating, confusing, and discombobulating. I would say that was my experience. No connection, no guidance, no nothing. I was having to rely on my logic or common sense. But after years of working on intuition, that was a bit hard. You know, how do I find my way through logic and common sense? And then you know, I did find my way. I had some interesting experiences. I joined a community. I stayed there for five years in that dark night, which was a very brilliant anchor, actually. They, they really helped me a lot. So in those spaces, having some people around, they didn't understand the dark night, but they understood kind of spiritual journey. And they were all heretical Buddhists in this house. So it was quite an interesting house to be in. And also I was writing a book, which was called Personal Transitions, which helped me anchor. Well, I'm writing this book through this process, and this writing is going to help me through. So those two things really helped me through a 
lot, actually. And on the other side, I think, you know, in a way, I think a lot of speech, spiritual teachers do go through the desert. And on the other side, they come out renewed. You know, I know Jesus did and Buddha did and probably other teachers did. It seems to be part of the classic journey that, well, before something really interesting happens, we're going to throw you in the desert land and see how you get on, you know. And uh, I, didn't, I didn't feel I did very well, but I survived it, which was good. Yeah. I, and I don't want to go back. <laughs> Thank you very much. No, none of us want to. <laughs> no, no. That's awesome because you know with the shift of energy right now, you know, and you probably have a lot. I have an influx of clients right now. That's why I haven't done my podcast in the last three months because I've been book solid. But everybody's feeling this shift and they're all very, they're waking up, you know, they're waking up and they're not knowing they're leaving marriages, they're leaving jobs, they're leaving things. And they're like, I don't know what's going on, but I know that I'm supposed to be doing something different. And yeah. with, with my work, I give them some idea and I connect them with, and I tell them the big picture, the 360 perspective around them and why it's happening. But this is a great tool. So thank you for reminding me of that. Oh, that's all right. Yeah. Well, I think the light is shifting in waves and um, really the whole process kicked off in maybe the 60s, 70s gently. And then the 80s with the harmonic convergence, there was a shift up where, where really the collective was really opening up to this kind of shift. And then um, there was other shifts in the 90s. And I think the millennium was a big shift. And I think that shift kind of woke up the darker side, the anti-light side that responded with 9-11, I think. 9-11, I think, was a contrived act to keep the planet in a low vibrational state, to create war and all that that keeps the planet in low vibration. But then from there, leading up to 2012, more intensity, lots of starseeds waking up. Post-2012, probably up to 2017, more and more waves of really waking up starseeds. But from 2018, it really started getting intense. And I think now we're in this period of 2019, 2020, 2021, these three years are probably the most intense period because the light coming in now is not just waking people up. It's shifting the planet, dissolving old structures. So it's super intense. So I hear clients and also I discuss with my partner, we kind of say, when will it end? But I think, you know, it's not going to end soon because the planet is really shifting. So we have to acclimatize these shifts and almost like surf the waves, not get caught up with these waves of energy. Because um, once we wake up, it's really allowing ourselves to be, to go with the flow. What these waves will do, of course, will hit up against any ego programming and, and stuff in our energy fields, which we have to release. And, or actually not just stuff in our energy fields. If, for example, if we're in a job that we shouldn't be in, it's not good for us, that, then that will really intensify that. I've had a lot of clients being kicked out of the corporate world because the lights got too intense and the structures have become too restrictive and they've attracted tyrants and bosses and all that kind of thing. You might be in a marriage which may have worked for a while, but then as the light gets intense, you find your partner's not stepping up and you have to leave. That happens. You might find the area you're in just can't, it's not right for you. As the light gets more intense, you have to go and find somewhere else. You have to really be guided. I think I was guided to be by the sea. Um, It's very healing. I don't think I could have done my work the way I was doing it in London anymore. So these are what the shift's doing personally. Allow the energy to allow that tension to move us and also know that it's wobbling many external structures. I think we can understand it by something what Jesus said years ago. He said, I don't come to bring peace. I come to bring the sword which is a very strange statement. But basically, someone with a high-frequency light like his coming into a low-frequency energy zone like Palestine, Roman-occupied Palestine, what are you going to expect? Volatility. And it created this chaos, you know, high, high vibrational light in a low-frequency zone, absolute chaos. 
it wasn't quite so bad for the Buddha because he incarnated in India, which was already kind of spiritual with all the spiritual traditions. But Palestine was a very different mix. It was a very kind of volatile area. So if you're bringing lots of high-frequency souls into a, into, a, into a dark energy, it creates volatility. So on the planet now, we're experiencing more light, more volatility. And you've got it in America, we've got it in Britain with Brexit, with our politics going on. You've got it with Donald, dear Donald, whatever he's doing. We've got it in the Middle East. uh, We've had Afghanistan, uh, Syria, Iraq, and now Iran. Uh, But this is the the consequence of a lot of light. Those kind of contraction and dark forces trying to do what they're doing, you know. It's a it's a classic battle of light and dark. Like um, in any personal spiritual awakening, the lower ego doesn't understand spirituality, so it fights the higher self. The collective consciousness does not understand the process, so it does what it does, which is let's dominate, control, manipulate, and let's do it harder and faster. Let's let's do let's do surveillance of all our citizens, and that will help. But of course, none of it will stop the light. The light's already won, but it does create an intensification of this battle between light and dark until the dark just dissolves, really, because it's got nowhere to go. Go.